0: It's the last chance for the BYU Cougars to make the postseason. The Cougars answer with a PAT coming up. BYU showed up strong against Oklahoma, and the team has one more shot against Oklahoma State. Chris throws in the end zone to the right side. It's a touchdown! Touchdown, Cougars! Today, the Cougars' backs are against the wall in one of the toughest venues in the Big 12. Stillwater, Oklahoma. We get back on the field, catch our breath, catch our second win, and get back out there and ready to compete. This is KSL special extended pregame coverage. BYU, Oklahoma State. Our hosts are Mitch Harper and Matt Biamonte on Utah's legacy home of the Cougars, KSL News
1: Radio. Welcome on in to Extended Pregame BYU versus Oklahoma State, coming to you from Stillwater. Oklahoma final regular season game of BYU's inaugural 2023 Big 12 season and a lot is on the line as you heard in that show open they need this win or else the season is a wrap there's no game after this if they lose if they win they're going to the bowl season I'm Mitch Harper your BYU insider for KSL Sports with me as always Matt Biamonte co-host on Cougar Sports Saturday and Cougar Nation it's a big football game today Matt and Cook's got a lot to prove here in Stillwater.
2: It's a huge game, Mitch, on multiple fronts. Getting to a bowl game would be a nice reward for these departing seniors, but most importantly, getting to a bowl game I think helps the program next year, getting those bowl practices, getting some young guys, some reps, and I think ending on a high note I think is always a good thing, and that's what they have in front of them, and I don't think it hurts, Mitch, that Oklahoma State – they're fighting to get into the Big 12 championship game, so there's an opportunity to prove yourself against a really dang good football team that's exceeded a lot of preseason expectations.
1: The big question today, I think, on the minds of all Cougar fans is the status at quarterback. It's going to either be Jake Retzlaff or or Keaton Slovis. It's been trending that it feels like it's going to be Jake Retzlaff, but we'll see, ultimately, officially, BYU's keeping this one close to the vest. With their quarterback situation. Retzlaff seems like the guy that uh, in, in jolt, gave, gave it a, an injection of life, a little bit, a jolt of energy to BYU's offense a week ago in the near upset effort against Oklahoma, but he had disastrous turnovers that basically cost BYU the game. Now Keaton Slovis had a full week of practice for the second consecutive week. What direction do you feel like BYU should go in at quarterback?
2: That's a good question. We argued this on Cougar Nation earlier in the week. Shameless plug, and we'll be reacting to the game today, Cowboys and Cougars, on Monday, six to seven p.m. right here on KSL News Radio. I think you do go with Rhett's laugh because of what he did in terms of igniting the run game, Mitch. That was their best rush game by by a long margin this season. It was nice to see Aiden Robbins get going, and a lot of players post game of the Oklahoma loss pointed to Jake Retzlaff and his ability to be mobile as what helped open up the run game. So for that, I start with Jake, but I still feel the same way I did last Monday, which was if he has another costly turnover, then you pull him and you go to Slovis because you just can't keep having these turnovers. Like he's got to learn the lesson, take care of the football. You don't want to prohibit him from making plays, but you have to be smart in critical situations.
1: I thought Jake Retzlaff gave BYU uh, some spark off the bench the past couple weeks. This is, you know, if he did get the start today, it would be his fourth consecutive start this season. And I still don't know, Matt, if I feel confident at all to say he's QB one next year. But I do think if he somehow pulled off a win today, it would give him a, a nice inside track potentially. And with fifteen bowl practices. That could give him an upper hand on whoever shakes, you know, rounds out that quarterback unit next season. Keaton Slovis is definitely going to be moving on. He's going to be pursuing pro pursuits after this season. So, you know, it'd be, in a perfect scenario, Retzlaff would be the guy that I would go to today to give him, you know, another start to see if he can follow up that performance against Oklahoma that was, you know, better than I think we've seen a lot of BYU's offenses this year. I mean, BYU has not had any success on the ground against anyone, really. A little bit against Iowa State, but that was a blowout effort. No one felt good after that game. That was a performance where, uh, you know, I, I think that there was a little bit of momentum, I and mean, you heard from guys like Connor Pay and and a lot of players this week talking about how the BYU offense felt like it, its normal self this week or last week against Oklahoma, so I think for that... You give Retzlaff one more crack at it, but you're right. If he has another disastrous turnover like he has the past two weeks, then in comes Keaton Slovis, and let's see if he can take care of the football and put BYU in a position to pull off the upset victory. Yeah, I think
2: we're in lockstep on this one, Mitch. You just you have to find a guy, whether it's Slovis or Retzlaff. I know it's the last game of the year, but you just can't have another three turnover game. You're not going to win that football game if you go – on the road like they are in Stillwater today and have three turnovers and give up, I don't know, 14, 21, 17, whatever the point number is. You can't give up that number of points on the road and win a football game. But you're right. I think the thing that is interesting about Jake Retzlaff, we've all seen the gunslinger, uh, you know, kind of loose cannon in a good way on some plays and in a bad way. If he wins this game and they go to a bowl game and they win that bowl game, I'm with you I feel like hey still go and see if you can get a transfer portal quarterback to compete but I'm feeling a lot better about Jake as the quarterback next year because he would have led you to a big road win then a bowl win and there's some momentum I'm okay with that but he has to do it in that order for me to feel good about him being the quarterback next year because yeah we've seen flashes but we haven't seen enough to this point to feel like definitively he's going to lead you to a better season next year and but like, Kalani can't afford, Mitch, to have a five- and seven-year this year and then repeat that next year.
1: No question. And, and that's what's in, in front of BYU today. You know they, They're they in danger of having a, a second losing season in the Kalani-Satanke era. You don't want that. I mean, the only people that have had that sort of distinction, you got to go back, you know, like Gary Croton, he had three consecutive losing seasons. Bronco had none. He always had winning records and went to bowl games. Lavelle had one. And then it becomes a lot of coaches that had losing records before Lavelle. When you're talking World War II, that sort of era, Kalani doesn't want to be in that. And you know that I think win or lose today, Matt, I think there's a lot to fix in this BYU program. And I don't suggest that if Kalani and BYU lost today, that Kalani's suddenly going to be on the hot seat. But it does ratchet things up in terms of the heat next year. And when you're looking ahead to BYU their outlook in 2024 and kind of the tone of the program and where things stand, this is a critical, you know, you want to show another at a minimum a performance where you're competitive for a full 60 minutes like you were against Oklahoma, because the last thing you want is what they've been doing consistently on the road showing up. And then the first three plays, it's a wrap and the opposing team wins by 30 plus. That's the last thing BYU wants to do to end their season. So, you know, I think that's a big role in what happens today. It's just the the feel, the the operation, the the overall product, what BYU puts on the field because you don't want to be going out on the season with a complete dud.
2: The last thing I would add to this, Mitch, is this game and a potential bowl game I think will have an impact on players and the transfer portal. That is look, I hate it as much as the next guy in terms of just roster turnover. You don't hate it. I sort of hate it, but you, you got to believe there's players on the fence right now, kind of way, Hey, is this program going to help me get to where I want to go? Or are we trending in the right direction? You upset Oklahoma state, you get a bowl win. Some guys get some extra practice reps. Maybe there's three, four five guys that are on the fence right now that come back. And I think we're starting to see a little swing in college football back towards continuity because this year there's been teams that were heavy transfer portal BYU included, And I'm talking Colorado, I'm talking USC, where things didn't go the way they thought when they overhauled their roster. So the next year's roster, I think, is in the balance a little bit here as well, where if you can get momentum back in your side, get to a bowl game, maybe there's some key players that could have a future at BYU that will stick around rather than hitting the portal.
1: It's a big one today as the Cougars take on Oklahoma State for the first time since 1976. First time Here in Stillwater, Oklahoma, we've got you covered here. We'll take you all the way up to about 11.30. We'll toss it over to Greg Rebell and the crew coming up then. But coming up next, BYU tight end and captain Isaac Rex for a weekly edition of Inside Cougar Football right here on Extended Pregame from Stillwater, BYU and Oklahoma State right here on KSL News Radio. The Up
0: and Down. You Cougars need to finish strong today. They twist up front as Ressler sets in a clean pocket. He throws. Complete. Sliding is lesser and makes the catch. The five and six Cougars need one more win against the Cowboys of Oklahoma State. We're gonna have to pick ourselves up to get that game because you know it, it extends the season for us. You're listening to KSL special extended pregame coverage. BYU, Oklahoma State, on Utah's legacy home of the Cougars,
1: KSL News Radio. Welcome back into extended pregame coverage. BYU versus Oklahoma State kicking off today, one thirty kick. We're joined now, Inside Cougar Football, BYU tight end and captain Isaac Rex. He joins us every single Saturday, getting an inside look at the Cougar football program.
0: Inside Cougar, Cougar Football. Rex makes the catch, 10-5, touchdown! Inside Cougar Football with Isaac Rex, Rex. Sponsored by Economics Partners on Cougar Sports Saturday.
1: Isaac, another tough loss, for straight now. But how do you feel about this offense coming out of that uh, performance against Oklahoma a week ago?
3: Well, I'm really proud of how the guys played. Obviously, we want to win. But when you watch the tape, when you watch the game, we we dominated Oklahoma. I mean, and Oklahoma's a top 25 team great team but man we played so hard and you know we ran the ball we threw the ball pretty efficiently without the turnovers I think we win that game it was a super tough loss because we knew that we played better than them we thought and obviously Oklahoma has a really good defense and a really good offense but you know we we felt like we had them we had them on the ropes and you know, just some things cost us, but I'm proud of our guys and how we bounced back, you know, from those blowout losses before, you know, to keep it close with a really good team. We obviously thought we were the better team that day and should have won, but sometimes that's not how football works. So I'm really proud of our offense. So
2: it was a remarkable improvement in the run game, Isaac. Why do you think you guys were able to have? so much more success running the football against the Sooners.
3: Yeah, Aiden was awesome.
2: Man, he ran super hard,
3: and yeah, he played a great game. And then Jake also, you know, using his legs and doing those, uh, you know, rolling out and tossing it to the receivers a couple times. And then, you know, that opens, in, opens it up in the pass game a little when you're able to run the ball. So, I mean, yeah, just a combination of things. Obviously, guys were – the O line played really well too. They were dominating Oklahoma's front seven, so it was a kind of a combination of everyone doing their jobs. You know, things were happening, holes were opening up, and yeah, it was uh, it looked really good out there.
1: You were on the field, Isaac, during that play, two yard lines, tied up at seventeen. You know where I'm probably going with it. The RPO call that ends up being a, a pick six, one hundred yards for Oklahoma. You were on the field for that. Kind of walk us through your expectations of that call and. What went sideways there?
3: Yeah, I mean we're we're running the ball that entire drive. Aiden's just pounding the rock. He looked so good. I don't even know if we threw it on that drive at all. Maybe I don't even know if we had a completion. And so it was like, all right, we're dominating the run game. Let's go. We're on the two. We're gonna pound this thing in. You know, we call a, a faster call. We get lined up. I'm you know I'm blocking my guy. They bring a, a Sam blitz. You know, so I pick him up. And I thought Aiden would be running right behind me. (laughs) I look back and I, you know, I see the guy running with the ball the other way. And I was just like, uh, like in shock, you know, I was just like, oh my gosh no way because we go down the next series and we score and we're just we do the same thing you know run it and drive and and Jake does a a great job pulling and he scores but you know after that pick six we're like we'd be up 14 points right now going into the fourth (laughs) instead we're tied and so oh It was just, like, kind of painful for us as an offense. There was guys with, like, kind of tears in their eyes. Some of the O-linemen are like, no, you know, like, it's kind of like all your hard work driving down there, taken away, and just to give Oklahoma points is just not good. Obviously, Jake made a mistake, but Jake also played a really good game, I thought, and he made a lot of great plays that kept us in it, and we all rallied behind him after that, but... Yeah, just, just, it was like, you come so close and then got so far, if you know what you know, uh, it's like one of my most memorable plays in a bad setting in my BYU experience, just cause, you know, we, we were working so hard blocking those guys so well. And then. Against a a good Oklahoma team, we have them on the ropes. Have that pick six was tough, and I don't blame Jake at all. He's just trying to make a play, trying to catch him off guard. But, yeah, it's uh, definitely one of the more memorable plays in a bad setting uh, in my BYU career.
2: Where does that one rank? You've been a part of some great wins and some painful losses. So where does this one rank on on the painful side? Well,
3: I'd much rather be close losing than getting blown out (laughs)
2: So
1: yeah
3: because it just showed we cared like we fought hard we cared we didn't give up you know we were working hard lost by a touchdown to a ranked Oklahoma team you know it's like you have specific plays that you remember from that game that may have cost us and so that's really painful but to get blown out it's more embarrassing and it just it's hard because you have no confidence after the game, if that makes sense, when you when you get blown out because you're just like, Oh, were they just way better than us? Are we not that good? But when you keep it close and you're playing well and dominating a good team, but you just lose at the end, it's always a tough loss. But I'm just, you know, happy that we know BYU can like play with some of the better teams out there, if that makes sense.
2: All right, we gotta take a break here on Extended pregame coverage, getting you ready for BYU and Oklahoma State. Isaac Rex, he's not going anywhere. More with him on the other side.
0: The up and down BYU Cougars need to finish strong today. They twist up front as Rasselot settles in a clean pocket. He throws, complete, sliding his Lasseter and makes the catch. The five and six Cougars need one more win. Against the Cowboys of Oklahoma State. We're gonna have to pick ourselves up to get that game because you know it, it extends the season for us. You're listening to KSL special Extended Pregame Coverage, BYU, Oklahoma State, on Utah's legacy home of the Cougars, KSL News Radio.
1: Welcome back into extended pregame coverage from Stillwater, Oklahoma's BYU gets ready to take on the pokes of Oklahoma State. It's Inside Cougar Football, sponsored by Economic Partners, part two with tight end Isaac Rex, captain for the Cougars, fresh off uh – Another touchdown performance last week against Oklahoma. Earlier in the game, though, Isaac, you had a touchdown grab midway through the second quarter. I believe that was an RPO call, too, from the one-yard line. Was that always known as going to be a a pass all along? Or walk us through that play and why that one was successful.
3: Yeah, I mean, it was just kind of based on if if they give me man-to-man coverage out there, one-on-one, then... He would throw the slant. Jake threw a good ball. It was a little low, but I was able to grab it. And then I was able to get separation from my guy on the slant. And usually I run fades out there. So it was nice to, you know, get a little variation and have that slant. But RPOs are, it's all based on the quarterback and what he sees. So everyone does their job. As long as I run a good route, as long as Jake throws a good ball, then it should be good. And so that's why it worked out on that play. And it was a really good play. And yeah, I'm glad that Jake was able to give me the ball there and I was able to score.
2: How do you feel like this team has turned the page? Because there's still a game left, you know, bowl eligibility, it's still within reach, even after the way things unfolded against Oklahoma. How do you think your guys have turned the page and, and focused on the task at hand with the Cowboys? I would just say we're
3: confident in our abilities. We're confident in our scheme. We're confident in how we're moving the ball up and down the field as an offense. And the defense played a really good game also on Saturday. But as long as we just cut out turnovers and stupid, silly mistakes caused by us, then we're able to play with some of the best of the best in the conference. And that's how we felt on Saturday. We're able to play with good teams. Oklahoma State's a super good team. They have a lot to play for in order to, I think, go to the, the Big 12 champion championship so you know they're gonna be fired up and we obviously want to make a bowl game really bad we think that'd be a huge accomplishment for BYU and so there's a lot to play for for both teams and yeah we just have to keep that confidence throughout our play on Saturday and we execute like we did against Oklahoma and play our game we'll be competitive like we were last week
1: a big storyline this week Isaac is the quarterback competition between Keaton Slovis and Jake Retzleff, who started the last three games for you guys. Don't expect you to be making any announcements on behalf of Aaron Roderick, but because I know that Aaron A-Rod wants to keep it close to the vest heading into kickoff. But what, from a player's perspective, a guy on offense, what happens in a quarterback competition in practice? Is it just equal reps to both the guys like what's what's going on in practice when there's this quote quarterback competition happening
3: yeah it's 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 mostly equal reps for us as players we kind of just have to focus on our job Mm. and whoever's out there a quarterback you know you just help them out do your job for them and you know things will work out well but guys don't really focus too much on who the quarterback is because we're focused on what we have to do in our job and we know whoever the quarterback is we'll play hard for we'll help them out we'll make plays for them and we'll give them the best chance to succeed on saturday so this is a big game for us especially with what's at stake and knowing that there's quarterback competition it doesn't really change our mindset we we're going to go out and play hard either way and whoever the quarterback is on saturday i I expect them to play hard too for us and i have faith in both of those guys you know they're two great quarterbacks and they're going to be great on saturday no matter who plays
2: how fun is it at this stage in the season to one still have something to play for but two have a chance to maybe ruin another team's season with oklahoma state you know if you beat them and you keep them out of the big 12 championship game how cool is that to have this dynamic this late in the year
3: it's cool i mean i you never want to ruin another team's season, but you want to make your season more of a success. Oklahoma State, we can't worry about, oh, we're knocking them out the Big 12 championship. You know, we don't have any personal vendettas with that, but we want to be in a bowl really bad. So, yeah, there's a lot to play for, a lot at stake. We're able to, you know, hang out as a team three more weeks if we win this game. If not, it's, it's over. So, and then everyone goes their separate ways or guys come back, but... Yeah, this team will never be together. We lose after this week again, so, yeah, there's a lot to play for, and Oklahoma State's a really good team, so we have to be ready to play.
1: Knowing that uh, this could be, you know, maybe the the last time you guys are together – uh, for at least this season, it was the last game for this group at, at home. What was senior day like for you? You know, getting honored, having that final walk across LES with your teammates, and maybe just the emotions that uh, were running through your mind after a hard fought game a week ago.
3: It was good. I was way more upset about how we lost. <laughs> yeah. But I kept, I just kept thinking about, you know, that game. Um, but yeah, I've had a lot of good experiences at LES, a lot of um, fun plays you know, a lot of good times. So BYU and uh, Lavella Bird Stadium will always have a special place in my heart. I I love this school and I love, yeah, that stadium. Even though I hate the grass um, and hopefully they fix that a little bit this next year. Honestly, just put in turf. Like we're in the Big 12. Let's just put in turf and get it over. I don't know. You think so? What would be the advantages to turf?
1: To, 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 let, let us know because you're well, I mean you're, you're the expert I, on it like what's what the
3: difference I'm hearing I'm hearing it's so wet and gross because of the runoff from the snow from the mountains and it's like making this the field super wet and like mushy and the I mean I don't want to hate on anyone like if it's anyone's job but the grass is so slippery and wet and everyone's like slipping out there even if you have uh studs or not you know you're slipping out there so i'm like okay if if we put in turf that won't be an issue unless you want to completely get new grass but will it be the same thing you, you know will the same thing happen if you get new grass i don't know like yeah it, de- it doesn't depend on how much snow we get that i know we got a ton of snow less um winter and there's been a lot of you know people were scared of flooding and all that is that the issue i, I don't even know the issue but our grass is like it doesn't even look that good too it looks gross and i want lavelle edwards stadium like when you watch it on tv or film you're like oh that's pretty like oh look how beautiful because it is such a beautiful stadium but when you look at that like gross grass i'm like oh man i would sorry that's just i love byu and i love lavelle Edwards Stadium, but yeah the grass situation kind of has to be fixed
1: no question i mean you everyone sees it i mean the the eye in the sky doesn't lie everyone that was watching that game the last couple of weeks knows that, that field was brutal i mean i i think of the the grass at tcu that should be the standard if you're gonna have a grass yes. field that was pristine where it looked like this almost looked like field turf but it was it was actual grass i mean that's kind of what they should aspire to to have field wise i think that's my opinion
3: yeah and i'd heard it's like oh it's more humid down there it doesn't snow, so that's kind of the reason they're able to have grass like that. And if that's the reason, then, yeah, by all means, I, I totally understand that. But we can't be having this <laughs> just gross, mushy grass that we're playing on. And it doesn't even bring a good product to the field because guys are just slipping and going all over the place. So I don't want to blame anything on the grass. I just wanted to see it personally
2: uh, fixed. Was it this way? Was it like this all year? I, I don't remember it being like that at the beginning of the year. No,
3: it's always been longer. The grass has always been a little longer
2: than when I've
3: played at other grass stadiums. like I could think of like South Florida had grass. theirs was just like TCU really short, like perfect grass. Arkansas had really good grass, and obviously those are places that don't get yeah snow or rain or get really cold. but yeah, I mean, there's something they got to figure out. I mean it it got really bad later on in the season, so i don't I don't know what happened.
1: Oklahoma State has AstroTurf 3D, so you'll be playing on turf this weekend. Your thoughts on this Oklahoma State defense. Do they remind you of anyone, how they operate, or is it just big physical athletes like every week in the Big 12?
3: <laughs> yep, big physical athletes, <laughs> and um, they have the same defense as Iowa State and TCU, who both uh, gave us some trouble, so obviously it's going to be another hard-fought game. We got to come to play. I mean, they got athletes all over, fast, physical. They can run. So, yep, it's uh, (laughs) the Big 12 is different. You gotta, you gotta be on
2: your A game every week. Is there anything in film from from watching maybe what Houston is able to do or UCF? You don't need to give away the game plan by any means, Isaac, but those teams had some success against them. Is there stuff from what they did that you guys think you can replicate against the Cowboys?
3: Yeah, we saw Houston was up early on them. I think they are up 24 to 9. And then they threw a pick right before the half, and then Oklahoma State was able to get some momentum. So it's like similar to every week. we, we got to win the turnover battle. We have to be able to protect the ball. We have to be able to drive down and finish off drives with touchdowns. I mean, that's how it's going to be this week. So yeah, I feel like our game plan is going to be set up well by our coaches, but we it's our job to be able to protect the ball.
1: Last thing for you, Isaac, what are you thankful for in the theme of Thanksgiving, this, this holiday weekend? What gives you thanks in your life?
3: I'm thankful for my wife and child. I'm thankful for my Heavenly Father. And then what else am I thankful for? You know, thankful for family. I'm grateful for Thanksgiving because – before, I was always a Christmas after Halloween guy. But now that I've kind of grown and I'm a little older and wiser, I think Thanksgiving is a good time because I think, you know, you, you getting into Christmas too early, you, you kind of get worn out on Christmas spirit. Does that make sense? Like yes. Christmas deserves to be 30 days straight. But I was always like, oh, that's not enough. But now I think that's the perfect amount of time. Thanksgiving's that perfect holiday to just like chill out, eat some food, give thanks, and then get straight into Christmas right after Thanksgiving. But I know that's a controversial subject. Some people are Christmas <laughs> after Halloween kind of forego Thanksgiving. But as I've grown older, I think Thanksgiving – is equally as important. Even though I like Christmas better, you have to have Thanksgiving first before you can start getting into that Christmas uh, spirit and fever.
1: What's the table like at the Rex family growing up? What was on the table for, for Thanksgiving with with Dad Byron? Was he the one cooking or was it your mom? No,
3: my dad was on the couch watching football. He, <laughs> he He's never cooked anything in his life. He's cooked. He has like two specific meals that he ever cooks. One's called tomato beef. And it's basically you just put beef and tomatoes in a pan and and cook it. And then he, he'll make French toast for us on general conference.
1: That's right. But
3: I think, yeah, he probably cooks five days out of the 365 days, you know, of the year. I mean, he, he's, he's never cooked anything. Do you cook at all? No, I don't. But my father-in-law is a super good cook. Mm. Like, he he grills... You know, he cooks up brisket, tri-tip, all the meats you could think of, chicken. He, And his barbecue is so good. It's top-notch. It's ruined ruined all the barbecue for me around Utah because his barbecue is so good. So Craig Davies is like one of the best cooks around. He's kind of famous for, you know, a lot of dishes. And so anytime I like try to make a meal, my in-laws just make fun of me because they're pretty complex. They got complex palates. And so I don't even bother cooking. There's not even there's no point in even me trying to cook because my in-laws are so good at cooking. So they'll just make fun of me.
1: Isaac. Great stuff. As always best of luck against Oklahoma state. Hopefully we've got another game man. get it done. And we will talk next week regardless. And uh, away we go. Yep. Sounds good. Appreciate it. BYU
0: Oklahoma state. Extended BYU pregame coverage on KSL News Radio.
1: Welcome back into extended pregame coverage. BYU and Oklahoma State. Mitch Harper, Matt Biamonte. I'm here in Stillwater. Matt is in Salt Lake City getting you ready for the Cougs and the Pokes. You heard from Isaac Rex on Inside Cougar Football just moments ago. If you missed that, go download the Cougar Sports Saturday or Cougar Tracks podcast on the KSL Sports app and you can hear those full conversations with isaac rex but now it's time for conference check-in conference check-in powered by By central Central bank Bank. everything happening in the big 12 this week that's right it's conference check-in sponsored by central bank and matt so many tiebreaker scenarios here in the big 12
2: yeah maybe before we get to that though mitch just quickly recapping what we had yesterday on black friday and look i love black friday i love shopping on black friday And two teams leaving the Big 12 Conference next year seemingly liked uh, Black Friday as well. Oklahoma rolled TCU. That was a a little surprise to me. And the Longhorns also took care of business against Texas Tech. What did you think of those games?
1: I was surprised that Oklahoma put up as many points as they did against TCU. TCU, what a letdown. First team since Texas in 2009 to make it to the national title game. And then the following year have a losing record. So, disappointing follow-up act for Sonny Dykes in Fort Worth. And you kind of wonder what's going to happen next with that team and where they go moving forward. But, you know, I I think that the the Big 12 fan bases, that are going to be carried over into the new Big 12. uh, They would have liked to have seen those outgoing members take an L on their way out. But Texas is going to be in the Big 12 championship game. Now, today, we got to find out who's going to be in that game next week with them. And BYU-Oklahoma State has a factor as a role in determining who's going to be in that game.
2: Yeah, if Oklahoma State wins, they're in. It's that simple. Uh, If BYU wins, however, it gets a little more interesting. Oklahoma will get in because they have beaten TCU. Texas beat Tech. And if BYU gets to six wins and upsets the Pokes, we're looking at that doomsday scenario, (laughs) Oklahoma and Texas in that championship game.
1: It's been a wild year in in Big 12 football, I got to say. And, I, I, you know, we'll we'll give our score predictions a little bit later in the show. But if Oklahoma State does beat BYU today, and I know Cougar fans out there don't want to see that happen, there'd be nothing sweeter than to have BYU be the spoiler today. And I think it just kind of validates why being in a conference is so special compared to independence, where independence in this week, last year, BYU's playing Stanford and you're looking around going, uh, there's there's no juice to any of this. Today, BYU's got a bowl game on the line, and they could play spoiler to Oklahoma State's championship chances. I think that's fun. And I think but I think that if Oklahoma State does get to Arlington, it'd be a an interesting matchup with Texas because they've got the the high powered offense that I think that can hang with Texas. Maybe not to the athletes and the caliber of, of elite athleticism like the Longhorns, but I just feel like this is a very mature Oklahoma State team, and they have kind of a, a belief. Mike Gundy said last week they they had a culture win winning against Houston on the road. They just kind of they really like their culture right now, and that's shocking because, you know, a couple months ago, man, I thought Oklahoma State's culture was in shambles. They were losing guys left and right to the portal, but seemed like it's all working out for them. We'll see how it works out today against BYU, who, again, would love nothing more than to be the spoiler to their championship hopes.
2: Last thing before we get to a break, and then on the other side, we'll do three and out and then give you the score predictions. Look, we all want BYU to win. We want them to get to six wins. But what's best for the Big 12, Mitch, is that for Oklahoma State to win. Don't you think?
1: Absolutely. And I think it would be quite the fun storyline if Oklahoma State then took down Texas in Arlington. And it's kind of a celebratory moment for the new Big 12 to say, okay, Texas, you left this league, and for the last 14 years, you couldn't win it. You thought you were bigger and badder than every anything Big 12, yet you couldn't win since 2009, and that would be quite the moment. The last thing that the Big 12 wants is Texas and OU to square off in Arlington, and your Marquesta begrudgingly hand the trophy off to one of the outgoing members. So, yeah, in, in that sense, if you're just cheering for Big 12 fandom, and I, I don't endorse cheering for a conference – But if you are that person and you rock Big 12 stickers on your vehicle, then, yes, you're probably cheering for Oklahoma State today.
2: All right, Mitch, let's take the break here. News, traffic, and weather coming your way. We'll continue extended pregame on the other side. Stay with us. The final BYU football regular season game in our first year in the Big 12, and we're keeping it rolling right after
0: this. BYU, Oklahoma State in for six touchdown Cougars. Special extended BYU pregame coverage on KSL News Radio.
2: Less than three hours to kick off the final regular season game for BYU football in their inaugural season in the Big 12 Conference, and it's a big one. Oklahoma State and BYU, the Cowboys need a win to get into the Big 12 championship game. BYU, obviously needing a win to keep their postseason dreams alive. And we're gonna break this down in depth like we do every single week, a deep dive on the matchup.
0: Three and out, a quick hit look at BYU's next opponent on the gridiron. It's three and out on Cougar Sports Saturday.
2: We do this every week. Breaking down the opponent, just like any football drive. It starts on first down, and here's what we're going to do. It's going to be a stat to keep an eye on, some players to watch, bold predictions. Let's get the drive started.
0: First down.
1: That's right. In first down, we're giving you that stat. And for me, Matt, it's 177.3. That's the rushing yards allowed per game by BYU's defense. Not good. 109th nationally. BYU's rush defense. They've shown games where they've kind of rose the occasion and, and outperformed maybe the expectations we had for them. But uh, since, you know, the bye week back in early October, this defense has struggled a lot. And it, it's going to be put to the test today because Oklahoma State has one of the best ground attacks in the Big 12 Conference. So that's something to keep an eye on in regards to BYU today.
2: For me, Oklahoma State's fourth down defense has been exceptional this season, Mitch. They're second in the nation in holding people on fourth down. And BYU, because they're so poor on third down, they're bottom five in the country, 127th in the country on third down, Mitch. They go to fourth down more than you would like. Against Oklahoma, they had some success. I am not convinced if they have to go to it three, four, or five times, to keep drives alive, that they'll be able to do so against this Oklahoma State defense that has been stingy on fourth down all season long. Second down. Fight.
1: Players to watch in today's game. BYU and Oklahoma State kickoff 130 right here on KSL. TV broadcast is going to be on ABC. So the player for me, and I, it, it's why I brought up the stat that I did in first down, Matt, Ollie Gordon for Oklahoma State. He's out of Fort Worth, Texas. He is a sophomore for Oklahoma State. I think he's the best running back in the Big Twelve. I think he's the best offensive player in the Big Twelve. Honestly, coming into the final week, maybe unless you know drastic things happen between now and the Big Twelve championship game, I think my vote, and I have one, I'm gonna vote, I think, Ollie Gordon, Big Twelve Offensive Player of the Year. He's been outstanding. You know, it's interesting too, BYU recruited him. He was one of one of his first scholarship offers. Was from BYU and Harvey Unga when he was, you know, a young high school player at a Ulysses Trinity. He's close with Keanu Hill. They're they're good friends, and Keanu Hill kind of brought BYU coaches uh, aware of Ollie Gordon, and that's kind of how the connection started. But he then went on to to sign with Oklahoma State, and it's worked out great for him because he has been awesome this year, and I'm very curious to see how BYU can try to contain him. I mean, again, BYU's defense has had moments where they've had success, but Ollie Gordon is probably going to be the toughest test to date for BYU's defense. Who are some players from Oklahoma State or BYU that you're keeping an eye on?
2: For Oklahoma State, it's their quarterback, Alan Bowman. Look, at the beginning of the year, Oklahoma State, they didn't know who they were. They didn't know who their quarterback was. They hadn't found Ollie Gordon yet. And once they settled in on Gordon and Bowman, They have found themselves in contention to get to the Big 12 championship game. Bowman has been around forever. And and here's what's kind of annoying about players like Bowman, and I like Alan Bowman, but there's never going to be a story about how long he's been in college football. Whereas, is there going to be two or three about BYU players later today on the broadcast? Oh, they've been here. Like, you see that broadcast earlier in the week? Uh, It was BYU basketball that had Spencer Johnson older than uh, Jason Tatum of the Boston Celtics. I'm like, that narrative always exists with BYU. I don't know if it'll exist with Bowman later today, but he's been a really good quarterback for Oklahoma State this year. He's experienced. He hasn't turned the ball over a ton. So, yeah, the focus should be on stopping Gordon, but don't let Bowman beat you over the top if you sell out to stop the run. And for BYU, Mitch, Isaac Rex, I thought last week, it was nice to see him targeted in the red zone. I thought there was a missed opportunity on that last third and four where they ran an option route to Cody Epps. That got snuffed out, and then Retzloff turned over the football. Those are the plays where I wished it would go to Rex in a, in a, just a short situation, finding the football. But I liked how Retzloff targeted him more than we were expecting against the Sooners. So Isaac Rex, to me, is a key. you got to get this guy the football if you want a fighting chance to beat Oklahoma State.
1: My BYU player to watch is Aiden Robbins. He was outstanding a week ago. You got to get him to the second level again against Oklahoma State's defense that is not that good. There's opportunities here for BYU's offense to have success against Oklahoma State's D.
0: Third down.
1: All right, in third down, we give you some bold predictions, and I am going to give a bold prediction for BYU's defense. Now, BYU... I'm very interested to see how they line up on their defensive front last week against Oklahoma. They were primarily a 3-man front, where that means three defensive linemen in the trenches. Pretty much this entire year they've been a 4-man front. I wonder if they continue with the 3-man look today as they still deal with some injuries along the interior of that defensive line, but my bold prediction is BYU secondary produces a pick-six. It's been a long drought for this group when it comes to takeaways. I'm saying Heckard or Robinson, maybe Camden Garrett. One of those guys is going to get a pick six today and get BYU an easy score.
2: If that happens, I feel like BYU is going to be in this football game. So I I hope that you're right. For me, uh, not as bold as you, but Will Ferrin, he's been a pleasant surprise this year. I would say one of the three best surprises of this football season for BYU because he's got eligibility left on the table, and you're feeling a lot better about the kicking situation going into next year. Kelly Papinga has already declared him as the starting kicker next season based off his play this year. So I think Will Ferrin is going to have a 55-yard field goal. That kick he made against Oklahoma, Mitch, that could have, that could have went from, what, 58, maybe 60? Like, that was a great kick against the Sooners. 55-yard field goal for Will Ferrin today because I think this coaching staff is starting to trust him on deeper attempts.
1: He has done a nice job. I was watching him closely in pregame warmups against Oklahoma, and he was booting some, you know, 57-yarders through the uprights with ease. So uh, I would not be surprised if, if Will Ferren does attempt maybe a 50-plus yarder today because BYU is going to need every point that they can possibly get to find a way to be competitive against the Cowboys today as they're looking to get to the Big 12 championship game. We're taking our final timeout on the other side. We'll give you our score predictions. We're here in Stillwater, Oklahoma. BYU, Oklahoma State just had some Eskimo Joes earlier today. Some breakfast. Yes, it's BYU and Oklahoma State here in Stillwater, and it's right here on KSL News Radio.
0: BYU, Oklahoma State in for six touchdown Cougars. Special extended BYU pregame coverage
1: on KSL News Radio. Welcome back into extended pregame coverage. BYU and Oklahoma State from Stillwater, Oklahoma. We will have you covered inside Boone Pickens Stadium today on kslsports.com. I'll be up in the booth covering all the sights and sounds from BYU's first trip here to Stillwater ever. It's going to be the first of many. There, BYU will be back here, I believe, in 2026. So it's going to be a little bit of time before we see the Cougars back here. But it's going to be a more frequent thing than, than waiting for the first time ever. These, first, these two teams are meeting for the first time since 1976. That was a Tangerine Bowl back in the day. It's been a long time, Matt. And the Cougars are looking to get to that postseason like they did in 76 in the Tangerine Bowl. They're looking to clinch a postseason berth today against Oklahoma State. We give you our score predictions now. Matt, are they going to get it done? Are the Cougs coming away with that sixth victory today?
2: Before I answer that question, I need to quickly know where Stillwater ranks on all the big twelve cities you have visited in this first year.
1: Ooh, that's a good question. Go, okay, so let's lay it out here. Lawrence, Kansas, Fort Worth, Texas, Morgantown, West Virginia, Austin, Texas. Who am I, who am I missing here too? Am I missing any? That's it. That's it. And then so and you then here's Stillwater,
2: Lawrence. Yeah, that's it.
1: I would say, second, my favorite was Morgantown. I really was a fan of Morgantown, West Virginia. I thought I loved the college atmosphere there. The only knock so far on Stillwater has been the spotty Wi-Fi in my hotel. I mean, that's that's being nitpicky, but I'll tell you too, Matt, the campus here at Oklahoma State, the facilities, they just kind of feel rich and high-end, like Boone Pickens, Before he was laid to rest, may he rest in peace, Spoon Pickens. That man was pumping money into Oklahoma State. Their facilities are way nice here. This is just a true college town. There is nothing else. Oklahoma State is at the center of everything Stillwater, Oklahoma. When you get off the freeway on I-35, immediately you're met with some assigns, promoting the the Pokes, the Cowboys. It's all about Oklahoma State sports around here, and I, I like it, though. I, I like these kind of college town vibes in the Big 12, and it's a pretty good spot. I think it's going to be a fun football game. I, I like the stadium, too, the look of it. I, I, I'm i excited to go in there and see what it's all about.
2: That's good to hear. I'll have to put that on the list. Uh, for Stillwater for 2026, that sounds like a must-have for BOU fans that didn't make the trip Today, here's my pick, Mitch. I want to be optimistic. I really do, but I was not born an optimist, my friend. (laughs) When it comes to sports, I take a little more pessimistic view. I think it's to to guard myself from pain of, of being too hopeful and being let down. And I feel like a letdown is coming. And I think Oklahoma State is going to be punching their ticket. To the big 12 title game. Gave me the pokes. 34-23. I think last week's loss was too painful to overcome in a short amount of time. I, I expect a little hangover and a loss for BYU.
1: I kind of compared last week, Matt, to like a team that's up 3-2 in an NBA Finals series. And they got to get one on the road to, to clinch the title. And it feels like that game six was the Oklahoma game where it's like, that's the best shot to avoid a do or die situation. And then you get so close to that victory. It just feels like there's always that uh, letdown in a game seven. Think back to, what was it in baseball back in the day? Bill Buckner that goes through the legs. Like you knew they were going to win, you know, game seven. They weren't, they weren't going to follow it up. It's just, it's tough to bounce back. Cause I think that took, uh, it deflated the team a little bit, but I got to say, you know, they had, they had a Thanksgiving dinner on Wednesday night as a team, and all the wives, all the support staff, they were at Magleby's. And, you know, there's kind of good spirits around the team and a lot of good bonding because they don't know if this is the end. You know, typically you save those moments for a bowl game where you're bringing all the wives and, and kids together. And I, I think that there's a feeling of they, they don't want this to be the last. But sadly, Matt, I'm with you. I think that it is going to be the last time we see BYU football in action This season, I think the Pokes are going to get it done. Oklahoma State 38, BYU 17. Now, BYU, if you want to make us look wrong and you use this clip as a highlight hype video to say all the naysayers were against us, by all means, please get that victory and make us look completely wrong. But I just feel like Oklahoma State, they're going to be so motivated to, to get their, punch their ticket to the Big 12 championship game, and I think they get it done. It's a good football team. They're not great, Oklahoma State, but they're very good, and I think they're a worthy team of being in the Big 12 championship game, and I think they get the job done today and take down BYU, and sadly, Matt, in BYU's inaugural 2023 Big 12 season.
2: This is a home game for BYU. I would feel like it's a coin flip game, yeah. like I felt against Oklahoma a little bit. But it's on the road. BYU's been bad on the road. When was the last time they were good on the road? Like Kansas, the old, the first Big Twelve game of the year. It feels like it's been that long mm-hmm. since they've been competitive on the road. So, because of the road environment, I gotta go Oklahoma State.
1: I think that's fair. And unless BYU proves otherwise, I think I think Cougar Nation can understand that those picks that we brought today. Speaking of Cougar Nation, coming up on Monday, six to seven, we'll take your phone calls, and if it is the last game, we'll put a bow on the football season and, and recap what happened. But at, at a minimum, we're going to recap what happened in the Oklahoma State game. Coming up Monday night, six to seven, we'll take your phone calls here on KSL News Radio. Again, we'll have you covered inside Boone Pickens Stadium. All the action will be inside here in Stillwater on the KSL Sports app and listen to the call right here on KSL News Radio. So let's send it to Greg Rebell and the crew here in Stillwater for BYU and Oklahoma State here on KSL.